and welcome to Family Health and Wellness podcast series for parents and professionals working with families, parenting tips. Family Health and Wellness is a part of the National Extension System, which provides research-based information and is a program of Cornell Cooperative Extension of Suffolk County. My name is Rory McNish, the host of this series, which will showcase family health and wellness educators who are experts in their field of child development, positive parenting practices, nutrition and health, Our goal is to help adults make research-informed decisions for themselves and their families. I'm pleased to welcome Kara Weiner-Sultan, who will be joining us today to talk about cyberbullying, what parents need to know. Kara is a graduate of Cornell University, social worker, and an educator with CCE Department of Family Health and Wellness. Hi, Rory. Thanks for having me today. Oh, no problem. I'm excited to talk about this. This this topic is is like right there in the news and, and all kinds of stuff, right? Now, and every time I, I read or, or you know listen to the news, it's all about cyberbullying and it's on the rise. So can you tell us what's going on there? Yes, Rory. Everywhere you go, everywhere you look, everywhere you read, it's all talk about cyberbullying. Um, cyberbullying is an ever-growing, ever-present problem um, for children and for families. Every October, we uh, try to raise awareness about the problem of cyberbullying, um, okay. put information out there because mm-hmm. we feel the more information, the better, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. The problem is, is that every day we see an increasing reliance on screens and technology. Yeah. Um, as you see in the world, teenagers are never without a phone in their hand. Yep. And as you see from youngsters, babies and infant seats are with the screen. So this is part of our world. Um, so we're gonna see this higher incidence um, with time on screen, in addition to all the other problems that screen right. time brings with us. That, that makes sense. Um, but over the past few years, um, what? What has the research been showing us and, and how common really is this? Absolutely. We read about it in the news, but the question is, what does the data show us? And I will tell you, there's actually a tremendous amount of information on this topic. In mm-hmm. this podcast, I can actually only capture a small bit of it. So I would encourage okay. everyone um, to go to the web, as ironic right. as that seems, right? right. Um, the website, cyberbullying.org, is a fact-driven, science-driven um, website that I encourage parents and really anyone looking to get the best resources, the best information, whether you're a teacher, a parent, an educator, even a youth themselves. Um, mm-hmm. But definitely go to the source to get good okay. information. Um, so, you know, the data, there is tremendous data. There are graphs and graphs and graphs. But I'll just, I'll just give you a few key statistics, hopefully, so our listeners and you can really see that this problem is on the rise. Absolutely. So recent studies report that over 36.5% of people feel they have been cyberbullied in their lifetime. So that's a third, right? Yeah, wow. So a third of children, um, young children, teenagers, young adults are experiencing this. 17.4% have reported that it has happened at some point in the past 30 days. Wow. That's... And for, Yeah, that, that's a lot. <laughs> Right? That is, yeah. That's like one out of five. And a lot of this is underreported. There's a lot of shame involved with cyberbullying, fear of retaliation, fear of telling. I'll talk a little bit about that more later. Okay. Um, but perhaps this number is even underreported. Interestingly enough, Rory, these numbers have more than doubled what they were since 2007. And even data as recent as 2018, 2019, again, the trend is climbing up. Here's one final one. 87% of young people have seen cyberbullying occur online. Wow. 
that's significant. Right. Um, so even if you're not a victim yourself, you might have seen it. You might be a bystander. You might have witnessed it. You know, it's something yeah. that you might see. Sounds like we're heading in the wrong direction when it comes to stopping it, you know. Let's backtrack a little bit for a minute and uh, talk about what we mean when we talk about cyberbullying and kind of break that down a little bit. I know kids sometimes say, you know, mean things online, but how do we determine uh, what is just kids being kids or, or actually cyberbullying? That is a very good point. Um, as we know, kids fight. Um, kids tease each other. That's just part of life, whether it be right. between siblings, groups of friends. Um, kids say things they don't mean. Um, I know that happens with my kids all the time. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> However, cyberbullying is different. Um, I think people toss around that term cyberbullying, but I think we should really take a look at um, what cyberbullying actually is. And the definition from that cyberbullying research center is that cyberbullying is willful and repeated harm inflicted through the use of computers, cell phones, and other electronic devices. Can you break that down a little bit more? So basically, it talks about three components. This is, this is what distinguishes cyberbullying from cyberbullying and not kids just being kids. Okay. So the first one is willful. That means that the behavior has to be deliberate and not accidental. You know, you didn't actually click a button and then a funny, you know, um, insulting emoji pops up, right? Right. The intent has to be to harm. Um, and you could think about traditional bullying. You know, this is also a, the same um, standard is that the person means harm, that their intent is to harm. Repeated. The behavior has to reflect a pattern and not an isolated incident. So we all know, you know, kids get caught up in the heat of the moment and sometimes say they, things they don't mean. We can't really call that cyberbullying, right? Mm -hmm. That's just mm -hmm. a slip of the tongue or an impulse. You know, it has to happen on more than one occasion. Okay. And again, harm. The person must be looking to be sinister in all of this, which is really sad, but they're really looking to cause some kind of pain and damage to their target. Yeah. Um, and the final component, which really um, is makes cyberbullying, cyberbullying, puts the cyber in it, is that it's an electronic device is used. So that could be a computer. It could be a phone, but it is done through technology. Um, and that's one of the, the critical ingredients to define it as cyberbullying. Does that make sense? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like in the good old days, getting beaten up in the schoolyard seemed pretty bad. But like this is pale in, to, in comparison to some of the stories that, you know, I've seen in the news. Absolutely. There have been some real tragedies in the news. And, you know, cyberbullying can inflict, in fact, much more damage. You know, you got beaten up behind school. You went home. You cleaned up your bruises. And, and you know, you could avoid that gang of kids or you could tell someone. And it was pretty right. obvious what was going on. Cyberbullying can be far worse, and, and for the sheer fact that it can be done anonymously. You're behind a screen. Sometimes you might be cyberbullied, and you don't even know who's cyberbullying you. Right. Um, right. It's scary, right? For a yeah. young kid, it, these things could be popping up, and they might not know what's going on. Um, you know, you might be likely to say things on a computer that you might not say in real life, right? When you have to blurt something out, you might think twice. We're on a computer screen. When no one knows what you're saying, it is very easy to let negative... Um, um, things flow. So, you know, kids don't always have a filter. They don't have impulse control. And as a result, the bullying can be harsher and more hurtful because it's done in this hidden fashion. The other reason, one of the other reasons that uh, cyberbullying can be worse, as I just mentioned, it can't be avoided. It can be done 24-7. We know how much time our kids are spending on screens, right? Yeah. So they could potentially be victimized at any given moment of their day. Kids are using screens in school. Kids are using screens 
everywhere. Um, so it's scary to think that the access point could be 24-7. Um, you know, in the old days, you could switch a school, right? You had a problem with a mm -hmm. peer group. You know, you could do more direct intervention. Cyberbullying is a lot harder to tease out and to combat. It's also public. Cyberbullying can happen for the world to see. So, you know, it could be something um, as small, and I don't, I don't mean insignificant in terms of small, but posting a message on a message board, yeah. something inflammatory or derogatory. And the next thing you know, your whole community, your whole special interest group, whatever it is, that's out there. Um, yeah, and that seems like it, it, um, it's even worse, you know, like it's even like some small thing can become this huge yeah. issue, you know, and you could become very embarrassed by it, you know, it's, it can, you know, and also we know technology can reach not just your immediate community, but all over, you know, the country, you know, my yeah. kids play video games and there's always kids gaming from all parts of the country. And every so often they'll, they'll tell me a story of what someone said online and um, it could be, in, you know, directed to someone in specific, or it could be, you know, something um, that's against a specific group, but uh, it's scary. It's scary how easy the information is out there. Uh, you know, along with that is putting the information out there. As you know, it's very hard to erase things from online. Right. Sure. Right. Like, don't they always say, be careful, like what your emails or what pictures, yeah. because it's gone, but it's never gone. <laughs> right. Right. Once it's out there, you don't know where it's going. But it's true. I mean, mm. you know, you Google people and you find things online. When the damage is done, the damage is done. Right. Um, right. Getting into college, getting in a job, forming a relationship. Seriously, when you stop to think about all this, um, it's frightening. Yeah. Another point about why cyberbullying is scarier than regular bullying, again, going back to that example in the schoolyard, you know, you got a bloody nose, everyone sees it. You're going to have a hard time convincing people that, you know, you just tripped and fell. Cyberbullying is oftentimes hidden. You know, as parents and grandparents, we don't know what our kids are doing online. They are able to circumvent things, hide things. So, you know, it's very easy for kids to hide it, both as bullies and the bullied. It's hard. You know, these kids are smarter than we are online. So it's, it's hard for us to figure out if it's going on unless someone is coming forward. And with that, there's a lot of shame and embarrassment, right? You know, um, yeah. it can be very shameful that people are talking about you online. And I think it's really hard for kids to come clean with all of this. They fear retaliation. Um, it's very difficult. Now, as parents, you know, it's very concerning. What, what can we do to help our kids navigate, you know, this digital world? This, this could possibly keep us up at night. You know, I mean, it's, it's very, very concerning. So what, what can we do? Right. Beyond, you know, staying up all night and checking your kids, you know, screen history and cell right. phone, you could really, <laughs> you could spend all night, you know, uh, being vigilant about this. But I agree, our kids are facing this, I think, awareness and education. That's why I thought this was a really important yeah. uh, topic to have a discussion with you about today, educating ourselves, bringing it out in the open, naming it, identifying it. What does the research say? What is going on? And teaching our kids, really educating our kids, teaching our kids to be responsible online and think before they act. We need kids to not only not bully, but we need kids to, to see it and experience it to stand up and to tell someone just because they might not be the victim doesn't mean that they can't do anything about it. Um, so uh, I think um, education uh, awareness. Are there any uh, like red flags to look for? Absolutely. That's a really good point. You know, how do you know, is my kid just being a kid or are they being a bully or are they being cyber bullied? Like I said, I go back That's to right. the thing. The kids are on all hours of the day. Are they just playing a game or are they in sending inflammatory messages? Um, so here's what research shows 
is cause for concern. You know, I will preface this by saying that just because kids are doing these things, I don't want parents to say, oh, that's it. They must be bullying. You know your kid best. I would say establishing a rapport with them, always having a conversation about the time they spend online can really um, enhance it. I'm going to tell you a few things that might, you know, just jump out at you or, or some red flags, if you will, to remember. Okay. All right. So one is anxiety or anger. You know, how do your kids act before and after using technology? Are they irritable after being online, nervous, upset, any mood changes, right? Do they, right. do they get their phone and the next thing you know, you know, all of a sudden they are, you could see it on their face, right? Yeah. So paying attention to that is really important. Sort of along with that is being secretive. Um, is your child hiding their technology use? You know, I'm sure you've seen it before. You know, you come into a room and suddenly a child is like burying their phone or what you doing? Oh, no, no, no. I I'm not right, doing right. that. Trying to hide it. Yep. <laughs> I mean, I think some of them are legitimately trying to say I was supposed to be doing my homework. I know that goes on in my house. Um, but I do think, you know, if you know your child, you can see what what the shift is and, and how secretive they are being. Are they just being goofy or is it something um, more malicious? Right. Um, something to think about for your, a child who might be um, a victim of cyberbullying is avoidance of technology. You know, if your kid is on their phone all the time and the next thing you know, they want nothing to do with their group chats or their video games, I don't know, that is something to look for. Okay. Um, maybe they're trying to avoid it. And with that, kids that withdraw, um, are they pushing people away? Um, you know, and are they sad? Any changes in mood? I can't emphasize enough, you know, it, it might not be the technology, it might not be the cyberbullying, but it's so important to pay attention when, you're, when your child does have mood changes, changes in eating and sleeping patterns. Um, these are all definite red flags, cause for concern, not to jump to conclusions, but just to kind of pay attention. Um, I'd really emphasize that. Now, those all make sense, but yes, oftentimes describes a teen and a preteen. You know, you're right, Rory, right? I mean, it's what's challenging as parents is to distinguish what's just sort of typical developmental teenage behavior and what's true cause for concern. Um, as I always say, the teenage brain is this really challenging thing and it, it's not finished cooking. Uh, yeah, I can speak from experience. That's true. Absolutely. Um, research tells us that the teenage brain has lots of plasticity. So that means that a teenage brain can adapt, respond, and change to what's in the environment around it. It's not fully grown. So therefore, you know, unlike us, we can oftentimes, or most of the time, control impulses, plan, have self-control, realize the consequences of their, our actions. Teenagers can't. Mm -hmm. They just can't. Their brain isn't wired that way yet. Um, so when they're faced with a situation online and they can, you know, write things and say things and they can't fully think through the consequences, it's very tricky. Um, it's oftentimes the analogy is used is they're driving without the brakes. So they're just driving and they're just saying and doing and they don't realize, you know, wait, slow down, think before you act, think before you type, think before you speak. Um, so that's as parents, how we need to guide them. We need to help them uh, to apply the break. So adolescent brain development is definitely, you know, just makes this problem, you know, all the more challenging to combat. Yeah. And this makes me think, what about every parent's worst fear that their child's the bully? You know what? You're right. And I think there's a lot of shame in that as parents, you know, we're constantly looking, oh, is my child being hurt online, um, looking at them. But the reality is, and again, it's no reflection on us as parents, their child right. might be the one inflicting 
the hurt and the cyberbullying. Um, you know, again, it's not it's not that we're bad parents. Oftentimes, it could be masking something else, uh, mm -hmm. masking a lot of pain and harm. So again, talking to your child. I'll say that you know a million times, and it's never enough. A lot of times, kids also become the bully once they have been cyber bullied right. as retaliation. Um, so it's just really important if this is going on in your family to stay calm as hard as that may seem and stay educated, you know, watch your child's mood, watch all these things to pay attention to their digital life. So you know what they're doing. As I mentioned before, you know, something to pay attention, you know, if you fear your child is the one being the bully is do they have many accounts? You know, kids have accounts on all different social media sites these days. They have different uh, avatars and code names and passwords. It's just overwhelming for us to think about. Are, are these accounts truly them or are they masking something, right? Right, um, right. Are they on there as, uh, I don't know, something completely, you know, anonymous? Um, so that would be something to monitor as a parent. Um, with that, it's the whole notion of secretiveness. You know, again, the secretiveness could go both ways. It could be that your child just doesn't want you knowing all the time and all the things and all the people they're talking to. But if they're secretive, perhaps they are hiding something. I'll mention this one, no remorse. I mean, that's a scary one as parents to think about for our kids, right? Yeah. Do you see or do you hear that your child's online actions are hurting others? Are they being callous, making hurtful comments? You know, is this out of character? You know, a lot of times it's peer influenced. If your child suddenly takes up with a group of kids and the next thing you know, they're doing all these things, that could be the cause, the cause of this happening. Um, so it's, again, it's really important to pay attention to some of these red flags um, about your child's digital, digital life, because the reality is, as we know, it's here to stay. Yeah. Our young people are facing so many challenges. It's overwhelming to think about sometimes. So tell me, um, what are some practical parenting tips we can use to help our children navigate this world? I think that it's, that it's a burning question for many. I think I've sufficiently scared parents out there listening, you know, and, yeah. <laughs> and they say, oh my God, my kid is doing this, my kid is doing that. But, mm -hmm. You know, I think you just have to take a deep breath and take all the information in and right. then really, you know, balance it out um, with things. But I do yeah. think education is critical. So it's better That's to it. know than not to know, right? <laughs> yeah, you have to face it. You know, you have to kind of educate yourself, learn about, you know, what's going on. And because, I mean, we're as adults, you know, we didn't grow up with this either. We didn't get, we just didn't happen to us. No. So, you know, we got to kind of learn what's going on. Exactly. And knowing all the little routes and all the ways kids can, you know, experience their world online and all the things that can happen um, are scary on the one hand, but it's important to know about. I agree. So here is my, here are my suggestions about okay. what if it does happen, right? So now we've learned about what to look for, you know, what's going on with this problem called cyberbullying. But, you know, again, a lot of this research from the cyberbullying.org um, website talks a lot about practical tips. And this is what will help you sleep at night. The first one I'm going to mention is helping your child to feel safe. I think that's like the most important one, right? Obviously, yeah. our kids have been hurt. They've been violated. They feel vulnerable. Um, you need to make sure that your child feels safe unconditionally and, and that you are on their side. You are going to put an end to it and you will not allow this to happen. And I think this is true for younger queens and adolescents who are, who are experiencing this as well as older ones. And as, and as adults, young adults, kids always need their parents to make them feel safe. Secondly, uh, stay calm, at least mm -hmm. to their face. Right. You know, if you see 
what someone else has inflicted to your child, obviously your knee jerk reaction is going to be to fly off the handle. But I think it's so important for parents uh, to stay calm and make sure your child knows that there is no excuse for what has happened and you will calmly learn what's happened and take action. So that's my third point to Rory is to be proactive, collect evidence. You know, again, with this digital footprint, nothing ever really disappears. Right. So make a record, take a screen, screenshot, um, write down details, you know, that can help you feel more in control and also help your child see that, you know, there are going to be consequences for these people, that this can't just happen and it, it will be unspoken of. Work with your school. Believe it or not, Roy, I don't know if people know that um, all states have some type of anti-bullying and anti-cyberbullying policies. So say, for example, the bullying occurs when the child is not in school, mm-hmm. but the incident um, spills over into, you know, behavior actions or a child feeling unsafe at school, it's within the school's domain to do something about it. Okay. That's good to know. Yeah. So, you know, I think sometimes they say, well, you know, it happened at home. What can we do about it? Uh, But no, um, educators, administrators, you know, every school has a policy. So it is something um, many times it's posted on school's websites um, and it's law now that uh, there has to be, you know, attention to bullying and cyberbullying and education and a policy of proper um, channels to go through if this does occur. You know, obviously, you know, a school is going to want to, right? Yeah. (laughs) Make sure that the the environment is safe because chances are if it's happened, it's going to happen again, or if it's more widespread. I I do think schools are working harder to, you know, do many, many more um, anti-cyberbullying and and, um, bullying educational efforts. It's getting, that part is getting better. That's good to hear. Yeah. Um, Another thing, word of advice is do not contact the parents or the adults of the people involved. Yeah. Again, the temptation might be great, right? (laughs) But we are trying to set a good example. And it's also, it's just going to escalate the situation. Right, right. Yeah, you can't go into it, you know, guns a blazing, you know? (laughs) No. And I think it's really hard because we all, we live in a lot of small communities. Right. People in the want to protect. Yeah. And we just have to really, and I almost feel like if you show indifference, sometimes that's more maddening for people. So really, you know, don't let it escalate. Don't go after the parents. And many times the parents might not even know too. Right. Um, So, you know, there could be a lot of factors involved. Another tip for parents is to contact the provider, meaning the internet provider, the service provider. Mm -hmm. Um, It actually violates the terms of service um, of legitimate providers to do things like this, which is great. And they can remove content that we can't. So if it's happening on a specific game, on a specific social media group, those people um, can take down that content. Um, And I think we've all read stories in the newspaper about, you know, things that are inaccurate that are online. Right. Uh, Mental health. You know, I could spend a couple hours just talking about the mental health impacts of cyberbullying. It really, it really takes its toll on kids. Um, Because I think it is because it's not this just being punched in the face and going home and, and over you know, overcoming it, it really cuts to a child, especially a teenager's emotional well-being. And I think getting your child proper mental health treatment right when it happens will help them because the long-term effects, unfortunately, can be very damaging for kids. And again, this is sort of common sense, contact the police 
and um, you know, check privacy settings on all apps once your child, if and when they do want to return to the internet or even before they do. I think a lot of times the privacy settings are so confusing that the kids just think, oh yeah, and everything's private, everything's private. But mm -hmm. the reality is, is they're, they're tricky, these app uh, web developers. So before yeah. you know it, all your information is out there. So yeah. you know, paying attention to that too. Unfortunately, sometimes our kids know more about that than we do, um, but being mindful of it. Kara, those were really helpful. So many things parents can do, but also I think the idea of being there for your kids, educating yourself and talking about their digital world and importantly, their digital footprint is really important. Absolutely, Roy. That's sort of the theme of all of this is, you know, we hear all these ideas, we hear all these things that are happening, um, but I can't say it enough. Talk, talk, talk to your child pay attention to what they are doing. We all lead busy lives. But when it comes to this, it's so important to make the time to do so. And sort of an ongoing theme um, that our educators at Cornell Cooperative Extension discuss frequently is making time for no screen. I know it's right. really like pulling that Band-Aid off. Oh, yeah. Yep. No, you think the kids are going to die yeah. without them. <laughs> and that uh, I grew up with no screen, so it... It can happen, you know, you find other things to do, you know. You look out the window, right? Yeah. It's funny, I feel like the first five to 10 minutes it is when the kids have these convulsions that their screen right. is gone. But, yeah. you know, no matter what the age, but once you plow through that and they get redirected, again, whether the kids are five or 15, it's like a deep sigh of relief. And, and they realize that, in fact, their hand hasn't been chopped off with their phone, but they are right. a person <laughs> living and breathing and right. experiencing. Um, and again, it's hard for us, too, to want to do that, too, because oftentimes if they're on the screens, they're leaving us alone. That's um, it. It's so easy babysitter. Really, it is an easy babysitter, but mm -hmm. really importance of teenagers. I mean, when they sit down to that table, take that, take that phone, take that screen. That is your time. If you want to do all this talking, you have to set the groundwork. You can't expect yep. it to happen um, out of the blue. So family mealtime, again, that is the time for organic family conversation. And you're going to learn things about your kids. I can't stress it enough. It's funny because, um, you know, the other night we were all kind of, everybody was sort of together, you know, and, and, and within our bubble and, and like, I looked around and we're all, including me, we're all looking at our phones. It was right after dinner. And I'm like, wait a minute, something's wrong here. So I kind of broke it up, but. Uh, well, Rory, I am guilty of that too. And yeah. when my kids say, well, you're telling me to get off the screen. What about you? I right. say, oops. And I try to come up with like silly excuses why I need to be on it. Oh, it's yeah. for work. And they know I'm just calling their bluff. Um, but I think to that point, being an example, and I know, you know, there are adults who do engage in sort of sinister online activities as right. well. Yeah. Negative yep. comments, you know, maybe it's not what the teenage brain is doing, but we want to make sure we're setting a good example for our children online, because as much as we think they don't know what we're doing online, they know. So, you know, educating ourselves, but also holding yourself to a high standard. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe after everyone listens to this, put your phone down and just reflect for a few minutes on the things you do online and whether you think they may or may not be influencing your child and what they're doing. If a child learns in a household that it's okay to make comments or dislike things or, you know, um, be negative online, that's what they're going to learn is acceptable. Um, right. so sure. I think it's, it's really hard though. Um, you know, 
it's really hard. No one knows who to blame or what to blame. And it's not about really about blame, but I think more about education and conversation. Right. Um, right. As we navigate, you know, who knows the next 10, 20, 30 years, who knows what's going to happen, but it's yeah. here to stay, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, Kara, this is really, really great information. Um, you know, it's, it's very timely and I really appreciate you coming on. Great, Roy. It was really nice to be here and I hope everyone took a couple of morsels and, uh, you know, got some good information. Good information. I think they did. Well, that's our podcast on cyberbullying, What You Need to Know. Thanks for listening. We would love to hear your comments about today's topic. You can email us at jsj79 at cornell.edu or Kara directly at caw10 at cornell.edu. For more information on this and other parenting topics, check out our blog at www.blogs.cornell.edu forward slash CCE Suffolk FHW. You can also visit our website at ccesuffolk.org family-health-and-wellness forward slash human development. We'll catch you next time. Thanks. Thank you.